Let's begin our discussion of Sefer Dvarim and Parshas Dvarim, Tavshin Ayin Hey. And we begin with something that we've discussed in past years, and that is, what exactly is the purpose of Sefer Dvarim? There is some repeat, there's some new. What exactly is is the... Uh, doesn't Not too many stories are, are told. Well, the rest of the, the Torah, the first couple of Svarim of the Torah, they're all, um, much of it is, is stories besides the Halacha. And Sefer Dvarim is Moshe Rabbeinu talking the last six weeks of his life. Eilah Dvarim, the Pazak starts off by telling us, These are the words that Moshe told us a couple of weeks before he died. And we go through all of Sefer Dvarim. But what exactly is the purpose? This question already bothered the Ramban. The Ramban we discussed a number of years ago. Let's review it because then we are going to expand upon it. So first, number one, the Ramban tells us, as the Ramban has introductions to a number of the Sfarim, Allah Torah, HaSefer HaZeh. In Yano Yaduashu Mishnah Torah. Says the Ramban, we know that this Sefer, even though we call it Dvarim, that's not the official name for this Sefer. Right? Every uh, Sefer in, in uh, the Torah has a different name that Chazal give us. Give it. Right? Vayikra is not Vayikra, even though it's the first word, it's Torah's Kohanim. By Midbar is Chumash It's not by Midbar. Shmos. That's an interesting question. What is Shmos? Is it Sefer Ha'Geula? The Ramban calls it Sefer Ha'Geula. The Bahag calls it Sefer Sheni. Uh, which we've discussed, and Bereish is a Sefer Ayashur, according to the Gemara in Mesechah Zavodah But what's Dvarim? Dvarim is Mishnah Torah. So the name itself begs the question of what exactly is the purpose of Sefer Dvarim. It's a Mishnah Torah, it's a repeat of the Torah, but there's a lot of things that aren't repeated. There's a lot of new halachas, a lot of new mitzvahs. There are 200 mitzvahs in Sefer Dvarim. So, is it a repeat or is it not a repeat? Says the Rabban, Sefer Zeh in Yanu Yadua Shu Mishnah Torah. Yivair Bo Moshe Rabbeinu Ladora Nechnas Ba'aretz Rov Mitzvah Satora Atzuchos the Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu is giving his last pep talk before he knows that they're going to go in without him. He's giving his last message. Velo Yaskir Bo Davar Betaras Kohanim Lo B'Maisa Karbanos Velo Betaras Kohanim Uvmaseim. It does not mention in Sefer Dvarim any of the halachas that we have throughout Sefer Vayikra. Karbanos are not re, uh, re-mentioned. The halachas of Kohanim aren't re-mentioned. Why? Why aren't they mentioned? Says the Ramban, because the Kohanim got the message. Kohanim zrizim heim lo yitzachu lasar Says the Ramban, this is the last message Moshe Rabbeinu was given to Am Yisrael. So yes, there are repeats. But not every mitzvah is going to be repeated. The Kohanim don't have to hear it again. They already heard it, and they are have zrizos in their service. They don't have to hear the mitzvahs again. But regarding Am Yisrael, there are many mitzvahs that are repeated here. Why? And now the Rabbi gets into what is the purpose. Number one, the Hosef Bahen Bi'ur. Number one, says the Ramban, because sometimes we have expanded understandings of mitzvahs that we already know about. There are new elements mentioned in Sefer Dvarim that were not mentioned even if the mitzvahs themselves were mentioned earlier. Sometimes there's nothing new, but it's for emphasis. It's for repetition. It's to teach us that this is really important. I'm going to say this again and again because I really want you to follow this. And other Averos. Number one, repetition in order for those who might not be so Zahir in it. Number two, to add on uh, certain elements that might not have been mentioned earlier. Number three, the old Yosef. There will be new mitzvos in this Sefer that we didn't have. As we mentioned before, the Sefer Chinech counts exactly 200 mitzvos in Sefer Dvarim. So there's a lot of new mitzvos. Some of them were mentioned earlier in the Torah. The Chinech only counted it now. But some were never mentioned before. Kigon, for example, all the marriage mitzvos. Yibam, Chalitza, Kiddushin, Gerishin. They were all not mentioned. Yibam, Moti Shemra, Gerishin, Edim, Zomamin. Many were new. The Ramban discusses line nine. Kiba arvos mo'avonis chashulo ela divriyabris kashonis parishbo. Really, some of these were might have been given to Moshe earlier, but he might not have said them, or the Torah did not seem it fit to mention them yet. Line twelve. Lo nechtavu amitzvos b'svar marishonim sheidavram yotim misrayim lo noagu. Some of them weren't knowing yet, or because they weren't so common. But either way, says the says the Ramban. 
This, there is a conglomerate. There are a number of mitzvahs that are mentioned here. Some repeat, some new. A whole different uh, uh, type of message that Sefer Dvarim is giving us that the rest of the Torah uh, does not have. That's the Ramban in general. We mentioned this Ramban five years ago. But there is another idea that we like to mention tonight. And that's from the Tal Chaim, the Chalban, in source number two. And he says the secret of the uniqueness of Sefer Dvarim is in one line in Masechah's Megillah. One line. The Gemara tells us in Masechah's Megillah, he quotes it on line four, in source number two, that there is a difference between the Tochacha, the serious rebuke that was given to Am Yisrael in Bechukosai, at the end of the Sefer Vayikra, and in Dvarim, given in Parshas Kisavo. The Gemara encapsulates in one phrase the difference. And it's just in terms of how it's phrased. But the Tal Chaim says that's the secret of Sefer Dvarim and the rest of the Torah. What does the Gemara say? Sefer Dvarim Let's read the Tal Chaim, line one. Sefer Dvarim HaChosim Shachamish Torah. The stamp, the final, the final part. Imagine, we're starting Dvarim. We're going to finish Dvarim? Sukkah Simchas Torah. That's the next stage. We started Dvarim, now, we'll go, now we have the process. We have Tishabav, and we have the the three weeks before Tishabav, and the seven weeks after Tishabav, the Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Whatever the beginning of the process is, you can look at it as part of the process. Ela Dvarim, says the Talechayim, Sefer Zem Miyuchadu, Shonem Mikol Yeter Chom Torah. It's unique. What's unique? Says the Gemara in Megillah Lam and Aleph. Hagamara Osehavchana Ben Kisavo. There is a distinction made between how the Klalos, the curses that are mentioned in Bukhukosai and in Kisavo, how are they formulated? Hagamara no ketes, Shaklalos Bukhukosai, Kashos Yotemiklos Kisavo. Bukhukosai is formulated as more stringent, more chum or why? Vizos Bipnei, Bichukosai, the Gemara says, Moshe Mipiha Gvura Amran. Moshe said them, dictated from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if Hashem is talking to Am Yisrael, it's in first person. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Mipiha Gvura Amran. Viluklalosho Kisavo, Moshe Mipiatzmo Amran. Kisavo is Moshe himself talking. That's the Gemara. Klomer Hagamar Omer says Parshas Kisavo v'Sefer Dvarim Moshe Mipiatzmo Vayikra is from Hashem and this is Mipiatzmo. What exactly does that mean, Mipiatzmo? We know as the Talachayim Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say a letter that Hashem didn't tell him to say. Hashem dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu the entire Torah, word for word, letter for letter, every single note that was written in the Torah, every single Kree and Ksiv and big letter and small letter. There are so many nuances in the written Torah. Everything was given to Moshe. What does the Gemara mean? Moshe mipiatzmo amran. Chas v'shalom. We don't believe Moshe wrote that to one of the animamans. That this Torah, exactly as we have it now, was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. So ask the Talechayim, line 10. It's hard to understand. Did Moshe say it himself? said anything. We can't say that. The Torah is one unit. Torah is a unit, complete. From to Yisrael. So, what exactly does the Gemara mean by saying that the Torah and Kisavo, which is really part of the entire Sefer Dvarim? That Moshe Rabbeinu said it himself. Moshe mi piatzmo amran. Says the Talachayim now on line 20. She'elazu tefatach b'faneinu es ha'omek v'hamashmos ha'miyuchadim shal sefer dvarim. This one line is the secret to dvarim versus the other parts of the Torah. She'yeshlo givun v'or yichudi ha'shonem me'arbas ha'svarim ha'acherim. It has a unique light that the other svarim do not have. What is this unique light? Every, everything has light. All of the Torah has light. But this is a different kind of light. And once we have this, as we read Sefer Dvarim, we will realize it's different. 
ubeemes kish anu misbonenim besefer dvarim anu motzim shuhu mali leiv mali muser vatzedek mali his orus veregesh. Sefer dvarim is more emotional than any other Sefer in the Torah. Not in terms of the stories that are told. You're not going to get a more emotional story than Miketz and Vayigash, Yosef and his brothers. That's the most emotional story. But in terms of the expression we might call of the narrator, capital N, right? In terms of how the Torah expresses itself, Dvarim is, is the one. Moshe Rabbeinu, over and over again, is encouraging and giving chizuk and saying, you could do it, and you have to listen, and Shema Yisrael is in Dvarim, and you have to, have to be, be strong, and V'yasisa Yashavatov, you got to do the right thing. And he's at the end, right, Uvacharta Bachayim, Re'eh, I'm putting in front of you the choices. All of this. Of course, Hashem told Moshe, but what does it mean, Moshe Mipi Atzmo? It's as if, Hashem told Moshe to formulate it in a very human type of way, in a way that it could affect our emotions, not the cut and dry, so to speak, rest of the Torah. Mali Sefer Look at many of the mitzvahs that we have. Parshas Veschanon is Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem, and being like Hashem. V'yalach the is at the end of the Torah, and Hakel. Mitzvah about getting everybody together. Gather, Moshe, gather the men, women, and the children and go to the base of Migdash. Remember why Hashem loves you. That's a safer Dvarim Pasik. That's a safer Dvarim Pasik. You're the smallest. But Hashem knows what's your special about you. Kfar Amar, line 24, the Yid HaKadosh, as he's called, once said that the greatest Sefer Musr, what does he take out during Musr Seder? Sefer Dvarim. That's his Musr Sefer. That's what it inspires him. He doesn't quote it here, but we know there's a minog in many shuls to read Sefer Dvarim on Hoshana Rabbanite. At the end of the process, one might even say that Dvarim, which is always the Shabbos before Tishabav, the beginning of the of the pro, obviously Shabbos Batamas is the three weeks, but Tishabav, which would lead us up to the seven weeks between Tishabav and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, in the end, Hoshana Rabbasim Chastara, we we re, we review all of Sefer Dvarim at the end of the process because this is what it's all about. Sefer Musar. We heard about a certain Tamil Chacham who was a scribe, who was a sofer. As he wrote Sefer Dvarim, he put a towel underneath, on the cloth, under his eyes. He got so emotional when he was writing the words of Dvarim. He was nervous that the tears would fall down and, and go onto the wet ink and, and make it, and make, and smudge it. He put a towel under to make sure that none of the tears got onto the cloth. And it wouldn't mess it up and it wouldn't smudge it. This is safe for Dvarim. This is the message. What it means in Megillah, Moshe Mipi Atzmo Amran. And he gives a beautiful mashal if you turn the page. Well, before you get to the marshal, line four. Sefer Dvarim, he sicha hakrova el hachayim. It's the most, it's the closest sefer in terms of human language, in terms of somebody talking to us. We have all the stories, and we have the cut and dry laws and mitzvahs that are given, but Dvarim is Moshe Rabbeinu giving us chizuk, Moshe Rabbeinu talking to us. And if, we, if, if you skim Sefer Dvarim after hearing this, it's unbelievable. It's so true. Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm just skimming it now. No, Hashem is your, your God. It's Sha'alno, the Emory shown him. Hazinu, ask around, learn Jewish history. Throughout the Sefer, we have Moshe talking to us very personally, in his own way, obviously, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it's all from a different type of perspective. If this is true, again, we're not going to do it now, but it's uh, food for thought in terms of comparing some of the stories that are described earlier in the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu, we know, gives a review of Jewish history in the first bunch of Prakim, uh, in first nine Prakim or so, in Sefer Dvarim. 
comparing the Meraglim in Sefer Dvarim and the Meraglim in Parsha Shlach, comparing the Aseris Hadibros and on many of the other stories in the Midbar, in Sefer Dvarim and Vaschanan, and the earlier stories. Many of them are repeated with important differences in this slide. Uh, it might might take on another uh, form. And then he says in the next paragraphs, he gives a mashal before between the other Sfarim in the Torah and Dvarim. Again, we're not saying any is better or worse. We're just saying it's different. It's different. Maybe there's a reason, there might be differences in halacha, but he says, there are sifrei musr and there are sifrei halacha. In a certain way, the first four books of the Torah, not really the first one, but the next three books of the Torah are sifrei halacha. With a couple of stories. When halacha is said, it's said in a certain way. Sefer Dvarim is a sefer musr. It's a sefer musr. How it's expressed. Sefer Halacha mismaked b'horaah. The focus of the Sefer of Halacha is to make sure you have the Halacha down. Ma'muta la'adam la'asos. Right, when we read a Mishnah Bura, the Mishnah is telling us what to do and what not to do. That's it. B'sifrei Halacha nulomosim sichos chizuk v'sorus. We're not having sichos musr in between the lines of the Mishnah Bura. That's not why the Sefer was written. Shochanah kosev eshuras adin b'tzura chada ubihira. Sharp and clear form. Belilis yachis l'koshi sheish b'kiyim halacha. Without saying, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. You could do it. Doesn't say that in a Sefer Halacha. This is treif, this is kosher, you can marry this person, you can keep this money, you have to give back this money. This is it, without any words of chizuk or nichum. And that is the halacha. But, lu'umatzo, line 18, sefer musr, misyachis l'nefesh adam. It goes to our soul. It goes to our neshama. It tells us, it realizes that we're involved with human beings here. We have to realize that there are difficulties. There's life that gets in the way sometimes of what we want to do. We have Yetzirahs, we have Taivas that we have to control. And the Sefer Musr realizes that and it says, you could do it anyway, it's okay. Sefer Musr Ba'la O'Reru Oded and Nefashas B'nai Adam. The last Sefer Moshe Rabbeinu wrote. Maybe it's not a coincidence. It's the last Sefer. Gives us chizuk. You could take all the Torah, and we could do it. And Hashem knows that. What does Hashem ask of you? Right, all of the all of the mitzvahs that we have. Sefer Dvarim versus the rest of the Torah. This is our Sefer Musar. This is what we have to focus on. Again, expanding and uh, going further than what the Ramban get. What the Ramban says related to this. If you want to look at source number four. Rav Saratskin in the Aznayim LaTorah also has a Hakdama to Sefer Dvarim. And he says, we have to realize, Moshe Rabbeinu was nervous. Moshe Rabbeinu, what has he seen throughout Sefer Bamidbar? Right? His whole life's work, which he's not going to be able to finish now. He gave the Torah, but he's not going to be able to take the last step into Eretz Yisrael. Right? He was denied. He's nervous. What's going to be? Hashem even told him a little bit what's going to be. But there's, there's no, it's not surprising that we have mitzvos repeated. And we have azharos, emphasized, because he knew. He knew. Line 8. Vein kopele, shematza Moshe, rabbancho Yisrael, lechovaso, lahazhira, baazharos, chamuros, ukfulos, lefnei preidaso, mehem, b'sha'avra, mesayardein. Right? Fitting in to what we just said. Sorotskin says, he was nervous, giving his last pep talk. So Hashem didn't leave it for Moshe to put into his own words. But rather, we might say that he dictated it in a way that he knew Moshe Rabbeinu would appreciate and want to say himself. Moshe mipiatzma amram, as we have, not only in the Tochacha, as the Gemara and Megillah describes. Remember, the Gemara and Megillah is not talking about uh, all of the Sefer Dvarim. It's talking about, it says Mishnah Torah, but it, the specific uh, difference is talking about the Tochachas, uh, as is described in, in Parshas Kisava, without getting into the details. Okay. Moving right along. That gets us deep into the Sefer already, and we just started. Says, let's continue and get into uh, the first Pasuk now. First Pasuk, we just had an introduction. First Pasuk in the Barsha tells us, Ela hadvarim asher dibra Moshe al-Kal Yisrael. These are the things that Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Yisrael. Be'ever hayardain, ba'midbar, ba'arava, molsuf, ben'paranu, ben'tofel, v'lavan v'chatsiros, v'dizahaf. All of the places. And we'll talk about Hashem the Rashi in a couple of minutes. But there is a Medrash. 
There's a medrash if you look in the words of Rabbi Yosef Nechem Yekornitzer. Source number five. We haven't looked at his sefer in a while, so let's get back to it. Last Rav in Krakow. Here we go. In the medrash Yalkut, he quotes, Hamachalik Nechasev Bishas Misaso. Mahu Sheyudvarv Kayamin. If somebody is giving away his possessions at the end of his life, Machalik Nechasev, how do you know if he's serious about what he's doing? Mahu Sheyudvarv Kayamin. How do you sure? Maybe he's just gone crazy. Maybe he's lost his mind. How do you know when a person's on their deathbed and they're giving instructions what to do with their assets? How do we know whether to trust them? How do we know whether he's he's he's, he's thinking clearly? <coughs> Says the Medrash. Both can also shalosh pa'amim. You ask him three times, maybe three different questions. Im amr alav lav al hein hein. If his answers make sense, he says no on what's appropriate to say no, and he says yes on what's appropriate to say yes. Dvarf kayamin. Then, then you listen to his words and you say what he's, you trust what he is, what he is expressing. That's the halacha. Yosef Nechemia is one of the great darshanim of the previous century. Yosef Nechemia says, I'm going to give a drush on this halacha relating to the beginning of Sefer Dvar. Again, what is the, the halacha? Somebody's being mechalik nechasim at the time of his death, you check. You check if what he's, uh, if he gives the proper answers. Cesar Yosef Nechemia, where it's underlined, Adam. What are the ultimate assets that we have? What's our most valuable possessions? Our most valuable property are our spiritual properties. It's not what we have, but who we are. Those are the greatest properties that we have. The mitzvahs that we have accumulated, the eternity that we have earned, Based on our tefillah, based on our chesed, based on our Torah. Iker nechasev shal adam, heimah nechasim, asherach hashlo, berechushi shamayim. Our spiritual pursuits. That's what's going to last for us forever. Ki al nechasim bekinyanim gashmiim. Lo nuchalomar sheheimah shal haadam. Because on the, on the physical, on the gashmi possessions that we have, are they really mine? You could have them today. They're gone tomorrow. Everything that we have. We just have it. Discussed a number of years ago on last week's Parsha, the difference between, discussed at the end of Parsha's Matos, the difference between Novach and Yair, Rav Schwab, what does a person, how does a person identify themselves? So the possessions aren't, physical possessions aren't us. Who knows if we're going to have them in a couple of years. They're not inherently mine. My car is not part of me. My possessions aren't part of me. They're what I have. But they're not me. What does the Navi say? My mother always used to say, we used to drive by and she used to see a fancy car or a, or a mansion. They're not taking it with them. That was her lotion. They're not taking it with them. They're not taking it with them. Right? That's not ours. So what are we taking with us? So... Step one, our ultimate pursuits, the ones that uh, uh, stay with us forever, are our spiritual pursuits. Number two, What does a person do before they're, before they're going to pass on? They gather their children, they gather their grandchildren, they give them instructions. You've got to be a good person, you've got to use your time well, look at me, you're not going to have so much time, the person says. They're giving instructions. They're giving constructive, positive. Nobody's talking about shtuyo. Nobody's talking about foolish things at the end of their life. They're giving real advice. Are the kids going to listen? Are the grandchildren going to listen? Hamachalik nechasav b'shas misaso. Somebody who's giving away his nechasim, is giving away his spiritual secrets at the end of his life. So how do you know if he's serious? What does it mean? Bot kinlo. How do you know if his dvarv kayamim, if his words are going to be, are going to, are going to hit home? So you check. What do you check? Both kenacharav. You see what he was like during his lifetime. Both kenacharav. You check after him. Did he live up to what he's preaching now? Did he do it all his life? His kids are going to say, hey dad, what did you do the past 50 years? You're telling us that now. But what did you teach us? You taught us. You have to have fun until now. So we're going to have fun until then. You can have fun and also be a good Jew. But says Rav Yosef Nechemya on a Derek Drush, Tochacha kazu alulul is kabel aleva shomea. 
Yeah, great muster that we could get at the end of a person's life. Only if while we were still healthy, we served Hashem properly. Right, as the ultimate, whenever we want to influence somebody, as a parent, as a teacher, as a counselor, do as I do, not only as I say. Right? People look at us to be role models in terms of what we do, not just what we say. And that's what he's saying. If the children look at the parent, the parent didn't do this all their life. They're just saying this at the end of their life, forget it. It's not going to last. It's not going to get into their heart. It's not going to come back. A parent, a role model, acts that way. Both can You check three times. Did he always do what he was supposed to do? Yes. On yes, the mitzvahs, mitzvahs, on averus, averus, then dvarav kayamim. Then his words are going to stick because he set the, set the bar, a certain level for his children to follow, and in that way, that's the best way to teach our children, even if we don't think that it's going in right away. Our children are being children, our children are being youthful, and they're giving us runs for our money, you know, uh, when the time comes, uh, it will sink in, and the rest is siyata deshmai. Okay, Rabbi Yosef Nechemia gets us into the drush. Now let's get into Rashi. Famous Rashi, the beginning of Dvarim. Even though we read the Pasuk, it sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu was mentioning many places, giving Musr in many places, really. Each place mentioned in Parak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, is a hidden reference to an earlier point in the relationship between Moshe and Am Yisrael, and he's giving them Musr. And he's giving them Tochacha. As we know, he's encouraging them, he's rebuking them, these are the words. We don't know what half these places were. We never heard of them. Paran, Tofel, Lavan, Chatzeros. Rashi quotes every one of these. What is Arava? Chatu Be'egel. Right? And what is Paran? Tofel. Right? All of them. Paran is... They complained about the Mun. They said, oh, this is all we have. Paran is the Miraglam. Chatzeros is Korach. Every one of these. Every one of these. So many of the Sfarim talk about Moshe Rabbeinu's message in how to give Musr, and how to help improve somebody who we're trying to improve. One of the hardest mitzvahs that we have. One of the hardest mitzvahs. Even the Amoraim said, there's no one nowadays, 1,500 years ago, who knows how to give proper tochacha. Right? We don't want to because we don't think it's going to be listened to. But if we don't, okay, okay, chazami secha. So we're, we're, we're caught. We're caught. To give, not to give, it's a very difficult mitzvah. So Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us a couple of messages in the way that he gave Tochacha. If you look in the Sarashi quotes, all of these are are, 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 are Tochachas, but in a hidden way. But if you look in Brachas Taflamid Beis, if you look in source number 6, Rav Asher Weiss quotes the Gemara in Brachas Lamed Beis, he also quotes that there's another way of understanding some of these Psukim. What is Chatseros and Dizahav? You know what Moshe says? Hashem, it's your fault. It's your fault also, not only their fault. What's Dizahav? Kachamar Moshe Levin Echadish Baruchu, Ribona Shalolam, Bishvil Kasef Vizov Shehishpatalam Li Yisrael, Adsha Amru Dai, Hu Garam Shaasu Asaegel. Dizahav is like die, enough Zahav. B'nai Yisrael had nothing. They were in Mitzrayim, zero. They were Avadim. A week later, they were millionaires. A week later. They went out of Mitzrayim. All the Egyptians were drowned in Kriyas Yamsuf. A week after Kriyas, a, a week after he sees Mitzrayim, all the gold comes up onto the shore. They're millionaires. Moshe says, "What do you expect? Somebody who has nothing, who becomes a millionaire overnight, they, they can't deal with it. And of course, they're going to act inappropriately." These are when they said die. Tells the Rasha what's going on here. Moshe Rabbeinu is screaming at them. These are What you do is giving us musr. And at the same time, the Gemara Darshins, a little defense, a little positive. Says the Minchas Asher, it's exactly the point. Because whenever we're trying to improve someone else, as a parent, as a teacher, as a friend, at the same time that we are pushing down, we have to be raising up. At the same time that we are accusing, we have to be excusing. We have to be both and 
wait a little bit, depending on the situation, as the Gemara says, small dochak and yamin mekarev, the yamin being stronger. Push us, push, as well as bring close. Ruzet Pella says the Mechazasher. Moshe Rabbeinu b'divri tochachto b'pazik rishon. Shebesever mishto Torah. In the first pasik, Rala nachon laskiris ha-kesher. Shebein birchas Hashem itashiris b'nei Yisrael, b'kesev ezov, uvein chaykta egel. The kesher of the gold and the chaykta egel, but in two ways. Michad, on the one hand, line four, b'moshe lochiaches Yisrael. Moshe is giving Musa, Hashem gave you so much, kesev ezov. This is what you did to it. You made an egel azav. Fushet tzoeik hanavi osheya v'kesever beiti lachem v'zav asul abal. We take all of the riches. Look what we do with it. But on the other hand, me'idach Moshe Rabbeinu stands up and defends Klal Yisrael. Hisyati Moshe Rabbeinu v'dekadosh baruch hu kamelis yosher v'sanegar l'fnei b'nei Yisrael. The ultimate defense attorney that we ever had, Hashem, it's your fault. It's your fault that they did this. Could we be brazen enough to say that Moshe could do it? You did it. You caused it. Is it accusing or is it excusing? It's a little of both. He is the messenger of Hashem and our messenger as well. He's the go-between in both directions. From Hashem's point of view... He's giving us Musr. What are you doing? But from our point of view, Hashem, come on. What do you expect? What do you do? It's a balance. Tochach is always a balance of yamin and small, of excusing and of accusing and remember the thought that we've mentioned from Rav Aaron Soloveitchik, the word lahochiach means to reprove, but also it means to prove. Lahochiach is to, to prove to someone, to prove to someone that they're better than this. This is not roi. For the person that you are, you're better than this. The ultimate in Tochacha is to raise the person off and say that they are better than the behavior that they're involved in. Same exact idea. Tochacha is a balance of, of, of lowering and and raising as well. Okay. Moving right along. Let's go to the 13th Pasik in this Parsha. The previous Pasik has the Eicha. We know the three Eichas, Eicha in the Torah, that's why Tvarim is always Shabbos Chazon, the day before the today. It's, uh, this year we get to read it, the Eicha on Tisha B'av. It's the, uh, one of the two Eichas we're going to read on t- the real Eicha that we call Eicha, we're not going to read on Tisha B'av. The other two Eichas we're going to read on Tisha B'av. The one in the Torah and the Haft Torah. So we have Eicha Esal Levadi, Torachachem Masachem V'Rivchem. At the end of, uh, the, uh, the first Aliyah, beginning of the second Aliyah. And then, Havulachem Anashim Chachamim Unavonim. This is a repeat again of the judges that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, appointed to help him out. Habulachem, Hashem says, appoint Anashim Chachamim, find wise men unvonim viduim l'shiftechem that are known vasimim barashechem. Anashim. We're just going to take that word and learn something from that word Anashim. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Source number seven. In his classic style, he was a master, a master in diktuk, a master in language. They say that you could give Rebbe Yaakov Kamenetsky a pasuk in Tanakh with an asnachta and with a sof pasuk. Right? The break in the middle and he could tell you the ta'amim, the trap of the pasuk because he understood the secrets of the ta'amim. He understood the secrets of grammar and diktuk, everything. So here's another one. Says Rebbe Yaakov, source number seven. Isn't it interesting that what is the singular of the word anashim? Anashim men. What's the singular? Enosh. Ish. Ish anashim. So the real plural of ish is ishim, which does appear in Tanakh, but not too often. There's a Pasuk in Mishlei, which he quotes in Paragimel. Alechem ishim ekra. But the other makomos in the other places, when there's a plural of ish, it says anashim. It's not just ishim. Why is that? Why does Hashem do that? 
Lashon HaKodesh, as we know, is the magical language. Hashem created the world in Lashon HaKodesh. Hashem talks to the Nevi'im in Lashon HaKodesh. So what is it about Anashim different than Ishim? Says Rabbi Yaakov, is telling us a deep message. And we have it in English. The sum is greater than putting all the parts together. The sum is greater than the parts when they are all together. It's not just Ishim, which is a lot of Ish is. It's a new Bria. It's a new unit. Anoshim. Says Rabbi Yaakov, Look in other languages as, as well. Right? A lot of other languages. You have one person. They're persons. But a more common way is to say it. People. Right? Even in English. Many languages. You have the plural of individual. And the individual is not just adding on an S. Not just making it plural. It's a different word. Why? Having a lot of people together is not just having a lot of people together. It is having a new unit. It is a new, a totally new status, a new Indian. When we have a lot of people doing a mitzvah, the when a lot of people do a mitzvah, it's a different mitzvah. We might even push off a mitzvah to do a little later if we could do it with a Barov Am. Not Paskaneh, but that's a question. Does Riza Makdimah Lemitzvah versus Barov Am? Which wins? But there is a tzad to say Barov Am because it's a different kind of mitzvah. When we have a lot of people doing it, it's not the same mitzvah. Says the... Says Rabbi Yaakov. And we have to realize that, especially at this time of year, Getting close to Tishabav, the idea of coming together, when Am Yisrael is together, it's a different Bria. It's not just a lot of Jews coming together, it's a Tzibur. Rav Solveitchik writes in Al Hachuva, there's a something called, actually, let's, let's save that for a moment. Let's read the words of the Meshachachma and then we'll mention Rav Solveitchik. The Meshachachma writes, we also had this about five, six years ago, but it fits into Rabbi Yaakov, on this week's Haftorah, in Yeshayahu. The Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is upset about us. He's not interested in our Karbanos anymore. He says, I'm not interested. But he specifies two. He doesn't say all the Karbanos. He specifies two that he's really upset about. What are they? Which ones? Source 8. Lo tosifu hevi minchas shav. Stop bringing me your carbon mincha. Which is false. Shav, it's false. Ketores. The Ketores, the right, 11 spices mixed up in the Torah. Toeveili, it's an abomination to me. I don't want your Mincha. I don't want your Ketores. Ask the Meshachachma. Why Dafka those two? What about an Ola or a Shlamim or a Chatos or an Asham? What about all the other Karbanas? Dafka, a Karban Mincha, the flower Karban. F-L-O-U-R. Soles and Shemen. And the Ketores. The 11 spices. Why dafka those two? So the Meshachach was going to tell us because those two symbolize something different than the other Karbanos. And that's exactly what we weren't doing in the times of the Mikdash. Ha'inyan, says the Meshachach. When he says Ha'inyan, that's when our ears have to open up a little wider. The Gemara tells us in Mesechus Krisus in the first parak. Any fast day, or any experience of tshuva that does not include those who aren't on our own spiritual level but are, but are lower than us, ain't a tainus. It's not going to work. If we're not trying to be makarev in our tshuva process, it doesn't work. If we don't have the poshim amongst us, this is why we say this, right, on the, the Kol Nidre night, that we're going to vispalo im avar yanim. We want everybody to come. Shahare, where do you know that from? That da- true davening is not only when there's a homogeneous group, but we have to have the others who aren't all there yet. We have to try to bring them in too. One of the 11 spices of the Ketores had a foul smell. It was disgusting. You smelled it. It was You couldn't smell it. It was a terrible smell. And that was one of the 11 spices. Because when it was with the other 10, all together, it smelled amazing. Sometimes you have an ingredient. You can't eat the ingredients. It's too, it's too harsh. It's too hot. It's too peppery. 
You mix it in, it gives such a taste, it brings, the other ingredients bring out the best of that ingredient. But it's only when you mix it in the right, uh, the right way. Something that is inferior, inherently. When it's mixed into a group, it becomes... Um, it gets a wonderful aroma. And all together they play off each other, all of the spices, and in that way it makes a beautiful smell. They say the Torah was the most unbelievable smell. We think we walk into a bakery, we're like, oh, it smells good. We walk Friday afternoon, we walk into our kitchen. They say you could faint from the smell of the Torah. It was so um, unbelievable. It was the most unbelievable smell. We mourn that at this time of year, we don't even know what the base of English was. It was the most gorgeous building in the entire world. The Torah was was unbelievable. We have to mourn that we don't even appreciate what these what these uh, institutions were. So says the Meshachachma, the Mincha symbolizes Achtus. It symbolizes all Jews, even the ones that aren't so strong, coming together. Even the Chelbana is put together. That's the Torah. Sorry, what about the Mincha? What about the carbon mincha? Says the Meshachachma. Interestingly, he quotes, we're not going to do all of the uh, the continuation, but if you turn over the page, actually, you know what, just read a He writes on the bottom. Let's just read that, and then we'll come back to the, uh, get to the mincha. On the second column. And the base of Migdash, there was constant miracles. Laharos, to show. Even though any Individual Jew is not roi to have constant miracles performed for them, but in the Beis Hamikdash, the home of all of Klal Yisrael together, miracles are fitting to be performed. Because those being together, so then that that makes it roi for Nisim. So now the Meshachachma says Ketores symbolizes Achdos, as we just said. What about a carbon mincha? There's an interesting halacha about a carbon mincha. Says the Meshachachma. You can't bring it b'shutfis. You Three people can't get together and say, you know what, let's bring a carbon mincha together. A carbon ola, one person can bring it, five kadil can bring it, and the whole zebra can bring it. The carbon, the carbon tamid every day was the carbon ola. So an ola can be brought, one person, ten people, all of Klai Yisrael. Most karbanos can be brought by one person, by partners, as long as certain karbanos can't be, you can't volunteer. But any volunteer karbanas can bring four people. Carbon mincha is either one or all. Cannot be brought b'shutfis. Cannot be brought. Three people can't get together and bring a carbon mincha. One person can bring a carbon mincha, or there are certain carbonist tzibur. The carbon haomer, right? Sevira haomer. The carbon haomer. The shtei halechem. Pesach shvuis. There are certain carbonist tzibur. There are carbon minchas. What's the message? So you can add on a little bit from Rav Salvechik. Rav Salvechik says, partners are not the same, shudfis are not the same as a tzibur. A tzibur is one unit. Private individual identities are lost in a tzibur. It's one, if you have a minion, you have a minion. You don't have ten Jews. You have a minion. If you have nine, you have nine individual Jews. Once you reach the threshold of a tzibur of a minion, different ball game, different world. Carbon mincha also symbolizes the achdos, because it's either one or all, which is one. But you can't bring it two people or more until you get to all of Klal Yisrael. So that's why Dafka says the Meshachachma, Hashem is more upset about the Ketores and the Mincha because the sinaschinim that was rampant at the time, you're bringing me these two karbanos that are symbolic, that are supposed to teach us the message of Achdus, and you're bringing me these karbanos, and look at your behavior. So that's why out of all the karbanos, Hashem is more upset about those two being brought, because that's what we have to focus on at this time of at this time of year, and that relates to what the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said in Amos Yaakov, that Ish is Anoshim, not just Ishim, because it is a unique... Uh, institution, a new idea that wasn't uh, created until you reach that level. Okay, moving right along. A couple of more thoughts. Another Rashi. Another Rashi. A very surprising Chazal, which the Nitziv is bothered by. 
If we look a little more later on in Parak Aleph, Pazachav Zion. We have a, psycho- uh, a term from psychology that is quoted in Rashi. Vateirognu ba'alechem vatomru. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Bnei Yisrael, you complained in your tents. Vateirognu ba'alechem vatomru. B'sinas Hashem osonu osonu eretz Mitzrayim. You know why Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and brought us to the desert? Because He hates us. He hates us. B'sinas Hashem osonu. He wants to kill us in the desert. That's what the Pasuk says. Says Rashi, what is going on here? Ben Israel really said that Hashem hates them. He talks about comparing Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. Mitzrayim has the Nile. And Eretz Yisrael, you have to dive in for rain. And then he quote, there are the Rashi quotes. We real, Hashem loved us. You hated him, so you said that he hated you. What's that called? Projection. I project my own feelings that I have to somebody. Right? Sometimes we hate a teacher. So we say the teacher hates me. The teacher doesn't hate me, but I hate the teacher. So I say the teacher hates me. It makes me feel good. It makes me comforted. I'm really not supposed to have these certain feelings towards that other person. So I say they hate me. They don't hate me. I just hate them. Projection. Exactly what Rashi says here. B'nai Yisrael hated Hashem. So that's why they said that Hashem hated him. Mashal hediot omer. Madabilibach al-rachmach. What is in your heart on your friend? Madabilibay alach. You say that's in his heart on you. Mephorish Rashi. Psychology principle. Projection. Right, that's Rashi. But he asked the Nitziv, how did they say that? They really thought that Hashem hated them. So why did they take him out of Mitzrayim? Why did Hashem take him out of Mitzrayim? What was the purpose of taking them and doing ever doing everything? What do you mean Hashem hated them? Why did they think that? Says the Nitziv in source number ten. Vayish lahavin ech Allah al hadas lachshov l'daber kazos. How did they think that? Imratzon Hashem lashmidam. If Hashem wanted to destroy them, lo mahayilo lotziyami mitzrayim laviyam lekanani. Then why didn't he destroy them right away? Why did he take him out? Why did he give him the Ananiya Kavid and the Be'er and the Mun? doesn't seem like someone who hates people. If somebody, if, if there was a God that hated Am Yisrael, why did he perform all these Nisim? What is he doing? And he's bringing them, continuing. So it says the Nitziv, just one Ha'ara, just to help explain. It's not really, it's just to, to help explain the, the Pshat. How could it be? Says the Nitziv, maybe... Maybe Bnei Yisrael couldn't argue with the fact that Hashem took us to this point. But maybe they felt that Hashem was doing it all for their children. Hashem hates us because of what we did. Look how many Averis we've done. They had self-recognition. They realized all the terrible things they've done. But why is Hashem continuing? Because He can't leave the six-year-olds in the desert by themselves. So he's allowing us to live and he's performing all these miracles for us to be able to live to a certain age. And then he's gonna, we're all going to die. A lot of them did die for other reasons. But even though younger than 20 at the start. Says that McDuffer, maybe that's the shot here. What does it say? The words, it doesn't make sense that they, they, Hashem hates them. Maybe that's what they thought on the top of the next column. And even if he brings them in, they're going to get destroyed by the 31 kings. So that's just an Itziv Sahara. Maybe that's what was going on through their minds. They thought it would be the kids that would go in, but Hashem hated them, and really, obviously Hashem loved them. It was their own fault that some of them didn't make it in, but really it wasn't because that Hashem, that Hashem hated them. But let's focus a little more on this Pasik. What's the language used? The verb used? This is the last thought we'll have on the Parsha, and then we'll end with one thought on the Haftorah. Vateirognu ba'ahalechem. Vateirognu. Nirganut. Nargan. What does that mean? Rav Nevedzal expands on this idea. What was this midah that B'nai Yisrael had which is such, as he's going to explain to us, such a pernicious midah, such a dangerous midah for us to have. Ma'inu Omrim says of Nevenzal, line 3. He says, 
Let's actually let's uh, let's skip line uh, line eleven. Hamishnah ba'avos omeris. Again, you can look at the whole piece, but we're going to pick out a couple of lines. Ezel washir asameach mechelko. We know what it is. Amperkiyavos, the ultimate rich person, is someone who is happy with their lot. Adam asameach mechelko, mistapek b'mashiishlo. He is a shir. But most of us, most of the world out there, is not in this state. They're not really in the halachic definition of rich. Adam mekanei b'mashiishlo We're always looking. And what our friend has. We can have whatever we have. But if my friend has more, then we're not happy. It's the same thing that if we have something and then we, we see my friend has less, then all of a sudden we feel better about ourselves. Right? The Gemara tells us the story, about Rabbi Akiva and his wife, they were so, so poor after they got married because even though her Rachel's father was very rich, Kalba Savua, he wasn't interested in, in her marrying Rabbi Akiva, who wasn't Rabbi Akiva yet, and she, he was mother, Hana, nothing, you can't get any Hana. They're living on, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a barn, they have nothing, they're, they're sitting on straw, they have nothing, and they're very depressed. And all of a sudden, Kodesh Baruch Hu sends Elio Anavi and knocks on their door. And Elio Anavi says, hi, you have any straw I could borrow? My wife just had a baby, we don't have any straw to sit on, she's very uncomfortable. And Rabbi Akiva says to his wife, look honey, they don't even have straw. We have straw. This is unbelievable. Baruch Hashem. Hashem, the uh, Mepharshim say, Hashem sent Elionavi to make him feel better. Because it's even human nature. When we see people who have more than us, we're upset. We're not Shameach Bechelkeinu. Back to here. Line 13. Adam Shemekaneh B'mashiyish L'chaveiro Fofech Atzmo B'mo Yadav Me'asher La'ani All of a sudden, when I see my friend has, has more than me, all of a sudden, I go from being an Ashir to being an Ani. Nothing changed in my wallet. Nothing changed in what I have. But all of a sudden, I see that my friend has what I want. We don't leave the world and we don't even have half of what we were interested in. That is one mita. We might call it kina. We might call it looking, looking negatively at others and seeing the glass half, half empty. That's one mita. But then there's another mita. Another mita, line 16. What is that midah? And he quotes it based on a Pasuk in Mishlei. We might call it the ultimate complainer. Not only is one not sameach bechelkam, but we have to express it. And we have to complain about it. And we have to have a kafui tova. It's a combination of Kfui Tova and Lashon Hara, explains Rav Nevenzal. It's ingratitude, not recognizing and thanking what we, for what we have, but also then positively expressing and being upset about it. He quotes, there's Kfui Tova and Lashon Hara. Line 28, Anirgan, Ma'achet Eshnei Advarim. Shalokamo Kfui Tova. Not just someone who doesn't say thank you, He's not mitalem. Right, imagine sometimes a child gets something. Not only does the child not say thank you, but he starts saying, but I wanted this. Just say thank you and that's it. So not saying thank you is one level. But not saying thank you and complaining about what you got, that's nirgonus. That's the, the mida of always expressing, th- seeing things in a negative light. And Rav continues, we have this so much, and we have this, and if somebody has this attitude, then they, they, never, they never have nachas ruach in their life. They're never happy. It's not only that they can try to swallow it and get over it. They're always the need to express, the need to be negative. The need to complain to others. Line 6. Yislonin tamid al-masha yesh. I'm in source 13. V'yirtza tamid al-masha ein. Karega. To always complain about what I have and to yearn for what I don't have. Yearn for what I don't have. Right? Haman. Right? Haman hamina Right? What's the connection? Adam Arisham. What was the chait? They had every tree in the world except for one. Except for one. And they complained about it. Chava said, yeah, I can't eat from that tree. Right? She complained about it. And Adam agreed. Right? That's, that's this, this pernicious mida that we have. And he continues that that's exactly what, what the Am Yisrael in the Midbar had. 
They complained, they didn't just not say thank you about the man. They complained about the man. And they complained about every stage of the way. And he continues on line 23, he says, Domani. He says, he, it appears to me, in his experience, says the Rava, the Iratika, so many arguments, so many relationships, so many marriages, he says, are broken. What's the first step? The first step is this Mida of complaining, of seeing the the glass half empty. Seeing it half empty. It says always oh, complaining about little things. Little things, not just swallowing my pride or swallowing what happened, but complaining about it. He says it's such a it has such an effect on a relationship. It has such an effect on a family. If I don't like something I have to try to control. I have to try to take the positive attitude. That's what leads to so many problems. Again, we're not going to read the whole thing, but he says that's what we have to learn from the Darha Midbar and the mistakes that they that they made. He even says towards the end, they weren't even on the level of Aishas Manoach. Aishas Manoach, remember the wife of Manoach tells Manoach after they saw the Malach Hashem, when they he forecast their son being born, Shimshon. The wife of Manoach says, Manoach, we're going to die if we see that Malach again. He says, he wouldn't have appeared to us and given us this news if we were going to die. It obviously has an important message for us that we have a goal to do. Am Yisrael didn't get that because they were focused on this Midah and says of Nevenzal, we have to do everything we can to try to be Mesachin, that Midah, to see the cup as half full, to be happy with what we have, to express the Akar as we spoke about last week, and to make sure that we don't let it fester and lead into a full-fledged breaking of a relationship. Okay. One final point for the for the evening. Just a small ha'ara. Small ha'ara on the Haftorah. Usually when we think of Yeshayahu versus Yirmiyahu, what they are known for, Yeshayahu, we usually identify with Nechama. Yeshayahu is the Sefer where we have more Haftorahs from that Sefer than any other Sefer in Tanakh, any other Navi. Yeshayahu wins by far. By far, Yeshayahu wins more than that. All the seven Haftorahs after Tishabav, the Shiva de Nechemta, a role from Yeshayahu. Right, from Yeshayahu. And Yermiyahu is the Navi known for the Chorban, known for Peranis, known for, for that's when he lived. He forecast the tragedy that was going to happen. And that's why Amisrael didn't like him. And they threw him in the pit. They threw him in jail. Right? They didn't want to listen to what he said. So it's pretty ironic, points out the Eila Hadvarim, or Schlesinger, that Shabbos Chazon, the Haftorah, about the Chorban Abayis, is from Sefer Yeshayo. It's from the first parak of Sefer Yeshayo. The name, Chazon, Shabbos Chazon, Chazon Yeshayo ben Amotz, Asher Chazal, Yehudah Yerushalayim. So the worst, not the worst, I mean, obviously not the worst, but the one that's most, most supposed to typify Tishabov is from Yeshayo. What's the overarching message of that? Yes, the Pesukim talk about it. We have the Eicha in that, in that uh, parak. But what's the message? Says the Eila HaDvarim. For us to realize that in the Galus, in the Churban, is also Nechama, is also Geula. Yeshayahu, he is Shabbos Chazon, but he's also Yeshayahu. And we have to remember there's a goal in everything. And we have to remember that the, the seeds of Mashiach were planted on Tishabav, and that's why it's called a Moed, and we don't say Tachlan on Tishabav. Because the roots of it, when did Hashem start rebuilding the base of Megdash? The day that it was destroyed. That's what we believe, and that's why Yeshayahu is the one that we read from the Shabbos before Tishabav. And he says, this is even alluded to in the last kina that we say on Tishabav. A lot of Shabbos given to this, the last kina that we say. Some stand up, some are still sitting. Elit Zion. Elit Zion Cry for Zion. Everybody should cry for Zion in his cities. What's the next words? Kimo Isha Like a woman in childbirth. The question is asked, why is that the image given for the last kina? So there are other Pshadim we've given in the past. But says Rav Schlesinger, says the Elah Dvarim, a woman in childbirth is in extreme pain. Isn't it interesting that women want to get pregnant and have babies? And it's their life dream to become pregnant? And women would give their right arm to become pregnant and have a child? It's the ultimate desire 
There's a motherly instinct in every woman in the world. The strongest desire probably more than any other desire in the world. But it's painful. It's more painful than anything. Why? Because she knows what's at the end. She knows what the goal is. She knows there's a child on the other end of the pain. And as long as the goal can be focused on, she's able to withstand the pain. Galus and Churban could be withstood if we focus on the goal and the Nechama and the Gula that Hashem has promised us. And it's going to get, as Chazal, there are many sources that say it's going to get more painful. And it's gone more painful. We hope it's gone more painful. We hope the Holocaust was the, was the most painful. And we're ut-ut and we're getting there. At the end, the pangs of labor as the baby's coming out. That's when it's the most painful as Mashiach is coming. The Amoram, some Amoram in the end of Mashiach Sanhedrin say, I want Mashiach to come, but I don't want to live in the generation of Mashiach because it's going to be so painful. And the other Amoram say, Chas v'shalom. I'll live there to spring Mashiach. But that's the Mashal. And that's Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu, because we know in the Churban, in the Chazon, there's also a Chazon of Geula. In the pain, there's also a birth that's on the other end. And that's what we have to yearn for. That's what we have to focus on. And Beth Hashem, this is the last time where we have to talk about just such Haftoris. And we yearn for the day when all the Haftoris will be Nechama, will be Geula, and will be Yemos HaMashiach. Okay, we'll stop here.